let's move to Moto G because that was a phenomenal race. And we saw a first-time winner taking on maybe the best we've ever seen at a track that the, was he had won the last five times he had raced at it. Mark Marquez, Francesco Bagnaia going at it. Francesco Bagnaia comes out on top, finishes first. Mark Marquez finishing second. Joan Mir finishing in third. Alicia Spargaro finishing in fourth. But let's just talk about Francesco Bagnaia. What an amazing, amazing race. He rebuffed Mark Marquez seven times. Seven times Marquez put moves on him, and he came back at him. That is so good. That is so good because Mark Marquez is so good. And I was so impressed with Francesco Bagnaia and so happy that he got a win. I mean, where are you standing on this? No, I I agree. Um, You know, Bagnaia just looked like he was riding his ride and then Mark Marquez was just kind of, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at him. You know, and, and yeah, but but Yaya just did not look bothered by it at all. He, he did not it, flinch. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like he didn't even come offline that much. He just kept, you know, he knew that Marquez was going to do what Marquez does, uh, you know, which is try to push the front end as far as he can. Benyai let him do it, cut the bike up underneath of him again, and and just continued his, on his merry way. And then at the back, you know, on the back straight, just let the Ducati do what it needed to do. I, I do think that that Marquez's desperate lunge into uh, the turn as the turn 11, I think was the wall turn that the hard left that it went wide. Um, I, I feel that, you know, if Marquez hadn't tried that move, he would have just kind of sat still for a little bit. He had, he had um, pace in the very last corner on Banyaya. He really did. He um, really- you know, so if uh, I'm, I'm curious if he hadn't have tried another move, you know, on the, the small chicane there before the back straight, if he'd have just kind of stuck with him on the back straight and then tried his move, you know, run a tighter line on that real long left-handed corner of something, if, if he could have rattled Francesco Banyaya that way. But um, I just don't know, I, you know, and we'll never know because Banyaya is the one that came home with a win today and he deserved it. He, he ran a phenomenal race. He really did. Um, and he would not he was just not going to be denied that win and i think it was you know and and i do want to say the most fun watching these races is davide tardazzi in the ducati oh. garage oh that's I true mean, that man <laughs> it, you just it, it he's so animated i enjoy watching they should just have a tardazzi Absolutely. They should just do it. They should have Tardazzi cam. And it just follows him around all the time because I'm sure he's funny in person. I'm sure privately he's funny because he is so animated uh, and, and he loves it so much. I, I love his passion. Uh, but, man, what a day for Bagnaya, you know, getting that first win, maybe kind of a monkey off his back about, you know, getting that first win, um, you know, just it was a special special day and to do it by beating marquez at a track where marquez had won Mm -hmm. the last five races that he had run there because we know marquez is super strong there um it was it was pretty special i think uh and moving to mark marquez what did i tell you predominantly left-handed tracks or anti-clockwise as they call it over uh, across the pond 
we would say counterclockwise. They call it anti-clockwise. But predominantly left-handed turns, that guy is still dangerous. But he just, when it comes to the right-handed turns, he just doesn't have it. Um, but he mentioned that a little bit in the post-race. But I want to say his breaking into those left-handed turns was it was otherworldly to me like the way he could break and get into them it was incredible and for again we all know i'm not a huge marquez fan but when i was watching that race i was like this guy first of all jerk for being able to do that secondly oh my goodness he's got so much talent on a motorcycle it is just incredible the things he can do on two wheels it just is yeah, so one thing I remember thinking when I was watching this race is, to me, this race highlighted the Honda issues. For um, sure. You know, it really did. With that. It, it was it, it definitely kind of magnified the issues that Honda has on that front end because, and, and you know, and I don't even think it's so much the Marquez uh, physical issues right now because Marquez looks like he's in pretty pretty good shape now. Um, I'm sure he's not 100, 100%, you know, like, like Marquez of 2019. Um, but, or, or excuse me, early, early 2019, you know, late post late 2018. Um, but I do believe that, um, this Honda clearly has issues on the front end. Uh, it's just, it's not as strong as Mark Marquez needs it to be. I mean, clearly Polis Barbaro finished in 13th place. It's not it, it, it's not working well, and Honda is still relying on a Mark Marquez to ride around the bike to make it su- successful. And they and, will until they don't have it. Right, and and I say that knowing that they can't do a whole lot of development, you know, as the season goes on with certain things. But they've got new chassis that they're trying. They're, they're you know, they can't they can't rely on Mark Marquez to save the world for them as he's done for the past few years. You're right about that. He has he has ridden and hidden their issues. He can't do it anymore. And like I said, he mentioned it in the post-race thing. I can't save the bike on the right side on my elbow anymore. I can't do it. And he didn't say I can't do it yet. He said I can't do it. And he said anymore. And I thought, I read between the lines a little bit right I thought, I knew it. We will not see... Well, let me see. We're not going to see Mark Marquez of 2019 ever again, probably because that was a season that no one had ever seen before. Right. right? Not in the common, in the modern era. What he did that year was just incredible. We're not going to see that. But what we're not going to see anymore is a Mark Marquez that wins the majority of the races. I'm not talking about 10 or 15. I, I mean, eight. I don't think he's going to do it. I, 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 I think you and I have talked about this before, and we know that I think maybe next year he has a shot at the world title. But and you made this comment to me: if he doesn't win it next year, he's done winning them. Um, so, so, I, I I am more every week, even as well as he rode. Every week, I feel that way more and more now. And after watching after that statement that he made, I was like, okay, I totally get it. And I and I, I've told you the body can only take so much. No matter how young you are, just what he can do. If he can't save it on his right elbow anymore, then 
then he has to either back off or he's going to crash. Right. So, so that's so. something that I don't. So here's a, here's a question I don't think that we've ever discussed or we haven't approached this. We haven't approached it from this direction yet. We've talked about mm-hmm. you know okay you can only crash so much before you don't have any more crashes left. Uh, we've talked yep. about Marquez that you know well is he ever going to be able to ride the way that he's ridden before? We talk about now the Honda, you know, he's how trying. the Honda is, uh, and right, right, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Hey, we're talking about the Honda that is, you know, clearly not functioning as, as optimal as it should be. So when you put all those things together, and then you have Marquez, who is one of the most tenacious competitors that has ever been in the MotoGP paddock. Oh, now, for now, sure. When yep. you put yep. all of that he's stuff. Kobe competitive. Well, when you stop, oh, well, you put all of that stuff together. At what point does Marquez put his foot down and say, listen. Due to the amount of crashes and the amount of time that I've spent riding around this issue, I am unwilling. Do you, does he tell Honda I am unwilling to put myself at risk to the absolute limit of of having to go to the means of picking a bike up off my elbow until you you know before you guys can to, can figure out what's going on with this bike? Because to me that if you're if if the company that you're working for is not going to put in that effort to to help you develop the bike and fix the bike to put it to that then they're going to continue to allow you to and i'm not saying that honda's doing this on purpose but but you do understand what i'm getting at with this this r&d approach that there needs to be some more work and more effort put in i on think honda's. honda is doing it on purpose they've done it for four years well, it's not a mistake they're not so, making the same mistake for four years surely well, they're, I mean, obviously, Honda's not sitting they're back. And they're, they're Yeah, they are relying on They're relying I, on I Mark Marquez. I, I just think that, you know, it could have gone, uh, I don't want to say unnoticed, but but it's, it, got put, no. it was pushed to the back page quite a bit. Sure, 100% because you had a guy that could ride around it. Now, here's a, another thing to think about with all that, and I agree with you. Um, the other thing to agree with, I'm going to get to should he put his foot down in just a second, but the thing is is they didn't really have a chance to develop the bike in 2020 at all, chassis-wise, because right. Mark Marquez wasn't there, right? So yeah. he wasn't there to make it better. So they're a year behind on development for a, on a bike for Mark Marquez. Mark Marquez is not the same rider he was when he crashed and hurt his... So, in all honesty... There's there's two things working against them there. But if I'm Mark Marquez, 100% I say to them, I can't save the bike for you anymore. You've got to make it better on the front end. And if that doesn't change, then I go into protect myself mode, which is I'm not going to be able to win. And I know that that sounds crazy, but you have a livelihood in the rest of your life yeah. after racing. Yep. You cannot keep throwing yourself into a wall if they're not going to fix it. Then you ride it to the best of its ability and stop all the crashing and just bring it home. And they're like, well, you know, why are we only getting 12? That's the best the bike's got. Yeah. That's what it's got. Yeah. They're like, well, you're not trying as hard because you're not crashing. No, I'm trying not to kill myself. And And I told you what the bike needed and you're not doing it. And then the biggest way you say it is that you don't re-sign with them when they come to you with a contract. Because they, I, I, what's he got, another year after this one on his current contract? Because he signed a three-year, I believe, three it's or four years. 2024, I thought, I thought it was up okay, to 2024. So, okay, so if it's to 2024, so then he signed the three last year. Okay, yeah. So, because he was, he was through this year, and it was I knew it was an additional three years. So it was through this year. Okay. So, 
if I'm Mar- Marquez, I'm not willing to throw that my body into the ground that much, but I'm different. You know, I'm not, I'm also not 28, 26. And so for Mark, he's got to make that decision. If they're not fix it and he tells them and make, I think he's got to make this stand because they, he can't compete. Even if he doesn't make the stand, even if he gets better, it's obvious the bike isn't anywhere near the caliber on the front end as the Yamaha or right. even this is even the Ducati is better than the front end of the Honda. And, you know, in a big comment, he said, Pecco is really late on the brakes on that bike, but he has faster corner speed than Davizioso used to. So that was a, a big statement to me. You know, those two things I kind of read between the lines and he's, and he knows that he's going to have to make some steps forward. And so is his machinery in order to be a real world championship contender again. But if it's me, I've already made that foot drawn that line in the sand. Right. Because man, he missed the first two races. He didn't even race. He has crashed more than anyone else this year by far. By it's not close. And he has crashed and crashed and crashed. And I mean like practices, qualify, all that. Right, he right, has right, crashed right. and crashed and crashed and crashed. It's because the bike isn't good and because it can't do what he can do. And so, to your point, Honda needs to get their head and I'll say that rather than the other thing, and fix it, make their bike as good as the rider that they have riding their bike because what they have is maybe the best rider ever. So make the baby the best bike ever, because I know you have the resources and I know you have the engineers that can do it. And I, you know, I, I just, it's, it's frustrating for him, I'm sure, but a little bit frustrating for me to watch too, because every time I see him crash, I'm like, good grief, man. Seriously? Seriously? Yeah. Just stop crashing. Yeah. Because of the bike. So well, he could if he dialed it back a notch and did what Paul Spargaro does and finish in 13th. But that's not an option for Mark Marquez. No, it's not. And that's what I'm saying. You know, Mark Marquez, I think, has to has to hit a point and has to understand within himself, you know, okay, I, I need to stop doing this for Honda. Uh, you know, Honda Honda's clearly not putting forth the effort to, to help me out here, so I definitely need to tell him, hey, enough is enough. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, but let's move on to Joanne Mir. Joanne Mir, third place, great race for him. Um, you know, beating Fabio, picking up a good number of points. Now, Fabio has a large lead, and this wasn't the end of the world. But for both Pecco and for Mir, these were, you know, valuable points to claw back from Fabio, right? Like, it just was. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Bagnaya made a big jump. And then Mir, so Mir's still 57 points down, but if Fabio has any more issues, like I said, that's going to be very interesting, and it'll get tight quick, right? Yeah, I mean, a couple bad weekends is all it's going to take. Um, you know, Banyaya and Mir, one thing I wrote it down, or excuse me, wrote down during this race was Mir's doing what he needs to do. Um, this is yep. what he did last year. He wasn't running away with the championship. He was, you know, very silent. And then all of a sudden, bam, hey, there's the, you know, Mears won the championship. It was just kind of out of nowhere, you know, that it, it just happened. That's and, right. Um, so, you know, he's still doing that this year. Uh, he was clearly disappointed in a third place. It looked like, you know, he thought they had a little bit more pace. Um, 
but he didn't throw the bike to the scenery. That's what's so important about this. He kept the yeah, bike up. He, doesn't, he brought it he home. Doesn't. He yeah. brought those points home. He got more points than his than the championship leader. Like you said, he's clawing back valuable, valuable points that this could add up later down the road. So we'll see what happens this weekend in in Mizano, though. Yeah, it's a big weekend in Mizano, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fabio really needs to respond and put his authority back on the championship. You know, um, talking about fourth place was Alicia Spargro in Aprilia. So, look, Alicia's, Alicia's really coming into his own with the Aprilia. I'm really surprised at how well he's riding right now, but I'm also happy to see it because I love having f- the top four places were four different manufacturers. That's yep. awesome. That's yep. amazing. That's great racing. I love it. No, so, I completely agree. Good on Alish. Yeah. Good yeah. on Alish. Yep. Um, in fifth place, did you have anything else to say about Alicia? I'm going to move no, to Jack Miller. No, no, in, in, in fifth place, Jack Miller was there. I think Ducati's getting a little tired of Jack Miller. They made some comments that he's got to be more competitive next year. He's got to be closer to the championship. Um, Jack is struggling a little bit right now. He can't seem to hold the pace after about lap five. Well, this is something that this is, so this is almost classic Jack Miller to me. Um, just because Jack Miller's always seemed like he's been rough on tires, he's not been able to really manage and, and maintain a pace for a long time, like you've said. Um, and you know the the difference that I think I'm seeing is, you know, with the exception of um, the race in I think it was a race the first Red Bull Ring. Um, was that you know when he, whenever he crashed riding with um, trying to race against Fabio, he's still right. bringing the bike home. Uh, you know I think he's crashed a few crashed out a couple races this year. Had some few DNFs. Yeah, he, he's, he's missed out on an some, awful awful year. But he's but when you Ducati. go to a factory Ducati team, you're that's expected right. to have a championship year. You know I, I know where you're right. getting at. I completely agree. And, and I think that's what Jack Miller thought this was going to be too. I thought that he was going to be Ducati's number one rider, and then you know Pecco was going to be. Um, kind of the guy that was still working with him and learning and, and coming up the ranks and and it's kind of been the opposite you know Jack Miller's the guy that's taking the back seat as uh, almost as the B rider and not doing as well um, but you know I like Jack Miller I, I enjoy watching him ride and I think you know I, I hope this is something he can continue to, to improve upon for him and this is a top five you know where he and he did better that you know he finished with a, a better position than the championship leader right now so you know this was a really good ride for miller but like you're saying that ducati's looking for it's got to be more often it has to be more consistent yeah. it's got to be yep. and it's got to be closer to the front too um and, and you know as well as i do that ducati's not happy that he didn't that he finished behind an aprilia no not at all Nope, they don't like that. Now they're second to an Italian manufacturer. Yeah, they don't like that exactly. at all. Um, yeah, I, I, so, you know, Miller Miller has got to figure it out and do a little better. And I am I know he has a talent. He's won two races this year. He's won three races over. So, you know, and you know, Francisco, Pecco's only won one race, but he's way ahead of him in the championship, and that just shows that Pecco's a lot more consistent. Um, so that's a big deal. In sixth place, we had Anaya Bastianini, which is a, Unbelievable ride. The speed wobble that Anea Bastianini was having <laughs> on oh almost goodness. every lap was, well, I'll tell you what I would have done. Pull it on in. Parked it <laughs> get, yeah. It. yeah. But he rode through that and somehow rode through it and finished six. Uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal. 
enter your superlative here. I, I don't know. Like, that's a great ride from an Ana Bastianini. I mean, yeah, that bike is what two years old now, and is he on a seventeen-year-old Ducati? Yeah, it's on like he's on like the two thousand three. It's is, still carbureted, a, he, I think. I think it's a five hundred cc. He's still, they're yeah. still running pump gas on that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's running a nineteen for sure, a GP nineteen. Okay. Uh, but but it, he, man, a sixth place? Are you kidding? That's 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 outstanding. I I just loved it. I loved it. But I just when I saw those speed wobbles when they were showing him on camera, I was like, nope, nope, nope. I did, I just run over and set it up against the wall y'all come get this thing this thing's stupid <laughs> i hate it <laughs> uh in seventh brad bender sunday man yeah i actually expected a little bit more out of brad bender to be honest with you i, I did too i, mean, I, know I, I don't think he seven, got the but... i think he got stuck you know you know the, a lot of the gp guys talk about your front tire and when you're in the pack how the over the front tire overheats right well, he was there for a long time, and and so I I think he. Well, we know he's not easy on stuff. a front tire anyway. No, true, and he's never at the front, so he's got to do that. And so, but he stayed back there a little longer than normal. Um, but he did beat the championship leader Fabio Quartararo, who who just chose the wrong tire, or or something. He 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 was really kind of surprised. He struggled as much as he did. But he said that he just didn't have it. He knew right from the start. As soon as the first lap, he was like, oh, this is a problem. This is a problem. <laughs> this is and, bad. Yeah, this, is, this bad. is bad. This is bad. So he, you know, he, he just didn't, something was going on, some some change they made or didn't make, and something something was unsettling him on the bike, and it, it just, it was a bad day. We've seen this from Fabio last year, but this is a different situation. I feel sure there was an issue um, moving him to the back. So last year, I feel like the issue was is whenever this this happened, Fabio overrode the bike until he tucked the front and lost, you know, and crashed out. It happened in Valencia twice. You know, he had two crashes in Valencia, I think, and um, and then a couple, possibly a couple other DNFs that came down that really cost him the championship. So um, the difference this year is Fabio rides within himself, brings the bike home, and just tries to get yep. as many points as possible. So. Um, can't be too upset, you know. Fabio doesn't have the package, uh, and on any given day, he still brings it home the best he can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. He's certainly trying to do what a champion, a champion rider should do. Yep, absolutely. Well, I, and he and he will. I, this was a one-off to me. I, he has been strong all year, and it, something was wrong with the bike. So I'm going to take his word because, you know, uh, he didn't. He wasn't feeling it. Uh, Jorge Martin also not feeling it. Uh, finishing there in ninth and, and and you know jorge struggled and zarco chose the wrong tire so it wasn't a great weekend for Premac overall no i mean at least they got a top 10 you know i mean this is obviously ducati satellite they're team. still a satellite yeah, yeah absolutely and, they're a satellite team so i mean you can't at some point you know we start talking about these guys that are running at the top of the you know towards the top of the pack and and then we we forget that they had as a, a satellite team, you know. We we forget that an Aventia sponsorama team, you know. We're, I mean, that he's a one-off. Ebene Bastianini, that's just a phenomenal ride there. Yeah, absolutely. to bring that team yeah. that close to the front, yep. but but you know, we're obviously the first five folks are you know factory teams, then a Red Bull factory team, then the Monster Energy factory team, and then another another satellite. So 
managing that expectation for us throughout the year sometimes gets difficult because we get used to seeing Zarco up front. We get used to seeing Jorge Martin up front. And we, instead of chastising those factory teams, those other factory riders, as much as, you know, we, we possibly laud all the praise on those um on those satellite riders, you know, and, and then it becomes expected yeah, after a while. I, we are, I'm guilty of that too. I get excited. I, look, I, I just believe in Martin's talent so much. Oh, absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, no, no, nothing to know, take anything away from the Pramac team or Jorge Martin, because he is going to be a force to be reckoned with in, in this paddock. Right. Well, yep. And, and, you know, and you had Taka Nakagami finishing there and again, beating the Repsol Honda representative, Paul Spargo. I, I think that pole needs to be gone from Honda next year, uh, or at least gone from that factory ride. And I think you need to put Taka or you need to put Alex back in there. Um, but personally, I thought that was a decent ride from Nakagami. Um, Mark Marquez was the only Honda that could do anything at that track, but it's Mark Marquez and it's his track. That's where he is. He loves that track. So, you know, great ride from Taka, in my opinion, to get that top 10. Again, he's on a satellite team. You know, he's not on a factory team, so he's beating other factory riders. He beat a factory Suzuki rider. He beat a factory um, Red Bull KTM rider. He beat a factory Repsol Honda rider, so he did okay. Um, but, you know, in 11, I wanted to speak about Iker Likawona. We, we've, we've heard the rumor now that he's evidently going to Honda and World Superbike next year. Um it seems like since they took told him he doesn't have a ride here next year, he is just l- turning it loose. And it's so wild, isn't it? I mean, it's, it is. It's, it's a little bit wild. But I want to talk about that for just a second because I think my personal opinion is that he's that just means he's great without pressure. But the problem with riding on the world stage is there's always pressure. So. That doesn't tell me that maybe he should stay in MotoGP. That means that he needs to deal with pressure a little better. If that's what's happening, that's what I think. So maybe he goes over, well, he's going to Honda in World Superbike. So maybe go there and finish in the top five a couple of times and come back. But I, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're like, oh, since the pressure's off, he's doing great. Well, that tells me a lot about Iker Likawona, though, right? right? I mean, that's what it does to me. Not to say he's not talented, because he obviously is. And early in this race, that guy was unreal. <laughs> he was unreal. Yeah. But, you know, I think he's got to learn to deal with that pressure a little better, because if that truly you, then we got to get that solved. Um, beyond that, I mean, uh, the old man, he finished in 19th, but he beat his brother. Um, but I, I think we really should talk about you know, the debut of one Maverick Vinales on the Aprilia. I mean, he looked like he was on a new bike for the first time. That's what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> and so bringing it home in 18th place was Maverick Vinales. Uh, I feel good about the statement I made. I don't think there's going to have to be a RSV4 factory in my garage next year. I just don't see it happening. We'll see. You know, I mean, he's got a full weekend now on the bike. Um, 
I still don't think that that's enough time to get a good feel uh, or a, 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 it's not enough time to get a complete knowledge of the bike. I mean, you know, he's spent the last four, well, how many years now with Suzuki and they've been Yamaha on an inline four and then he'll be moving to the V4 or he's moved to the V4 now in the Aprilia. So he's got to get used to the character of the bike, you know, get used to how Alicia's had that bike built around him for the past few years now and then uh, and then go from there. But it is Mizano. And, um, you know, I think he's been on pole, uh, pole position a couple of times with a Yamaha Mizano. And he's goes, tested the Aprilia there. So yeah, it goes around the, goes around the track pretty well there. So I'm ex- I think this weekend is going to be a little bit better of an idea, um, on what it, what it'll actually look like long term. Um, but you know, not a, not a, not wild right now, uh, from, no, from Maverick. I don't think any of us were not at all. But at the same time, let's like you said, let's give him some time. I just wanted to poke the bear a little bit. Oh, you wanted you me know? to jump on it. I know what you did. You were you were baiting the hook a little bit for me to <laughs> fly off the handle. Well, look, like you said, he's lucky to have a job, and eighteenth, he's really lucky to have a job. <laughs> so I, I think I, I think for me, we'll just like you said, we we need a couple more races and possibly even the rest of this year. And then next year when he can go through the testing in the off season and everything, if we're still seeing Paul Spargo results, go race world Superbike, young fella. Yeah. You, you know, it probably won't be on a Yamaha though. <laughs> eh, probably not. Well, plus he would be mad cause top rack would beat him. So I'm, t- a piece of top rack on that world superbike I, I promise you you do not that dude is so good but I, I i would be interested in the next in the next few races to see what you know maverick can do because to your point he has been on the inline four for all of his moto gp career until now and he's adapting on the fly mid-season you know three weeks ago he had a job at yamaha yeah you know, so everything's changing, so we got that. But the other thing I'm going to watch for in Mizano is how does Mark Marquez go? Is Mark Marquez back down to top 10, or is he on the podium chase again? Yeah, this is so, a clockwise track, too, so that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And so let me see how many... Let's see. How well, many, it's a good uh, mix, I would imagine. It's, it's, it's a good mix, but I want to see how many... Um, left-handed turns there are at Mizano because that's I'm telling you that I said that before that he doesn't have to use that right arm I think five off the it's, top of my head is that right let's see let's see how smart you are I just rode I just before, went around the track in my head I'm not sure if that's oh my gosh you went around the track in your whole head my gosh dude are you crazy let's see here's the track I'm pulling it up right now it has, um, hmm, one, two, that's kind of three, four, five, six, seven. So you've obviously never been on that track. Left handed corners? Well, there's 16 total corners. Yeah. It's got seven. Francesco Bagnaia holds the lap record there. What about that? Take that. Um, 
Let's see. Yeah. Because two is left-handed corner. Yeah. Six is. Six is a left-handed corner, so that's two. Eight seven is, a, is seven oh, and eight. You're counting eight as a or seven as a corner. That's a straight. It's they counted as a corner. Don't yell at me. So that's four. I was counting two, six, eight, fifteen, and sixteen. Well, look at you. I know You're I'm wrong. At, I'm wrong. You are wrong. I like being right. Anyway, so let's see how he does. I mean, it's it's got a lot more right-handed turns than um, than the other ones, but you know, to that end, that's where we are right now, right? So he's going to have to figure that out if he's going to be competitive as for a championship. You can't just do, you know, finish on the podium all the anti-clockwise tracks as they call it. But right. um, but anyway, well, Bo. I've had a great night. Um, everybody out there that's listened to us and put up with us for the past, I don't know, how long have we been talking? 22, 24 hours? Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, the sun's yep. coming up. It, yeah. Yep, yep. i got to get up early. i got to take the kids to school. Um, but <laughs> So I just want to let everybody know that if you're listening in, we are on social media, Parked in Turn 1 on Instagram, Facebook. And if you are enjoying the podcast, and we hope that you are, Please give us a, a five-star review on the on the podcast platform that you're on. And notice I just said five-star. I don't want your honest opinion. I just want five stars because we can't take negativity in our lives. Tell them, Bo. Your five-star reviews are what help to make us the number one Southeastern United States, South Carolina-based MotoGP, Moto America, and the World Superbike podcast. It's true. It's on our pit board. It's the only way that we communicate <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> and I think, I think that basically, you know, we've had so much fun doing this, and and that really just helped a larger audience, and maybe continue to do this, and and maybe be able to do it a little more consistently. If I could get Bo to pay me to be on here, that'd be great. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, to everybody out there in podcast land, please drive safe to the track this weekend. Keep the shiny side up and that rubber side down. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, saying thanks for listening and have a great night. And when we're here with my man, Bo, and we both wish you guys a great weekend. Go fast. Stay safe. Have a good one, guys. Good night.